You know, it's fascinating. Tonight when we were meditating, I was aware of a lot of the movement of energy and different teachers were talking and sharing. And, and one of the teachers came up and said, so why do you initiate with five names when you have six realms to deal with? And I went, what? And he said, well, you give them the astral, the causal, the mental, the etheric, and the soul name, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, what about the physical? Don't they have to deal with the physical realm too? And I went, well, yes, but we don't have a name for the physical realm. And he said, but why don't you? And I began looking inside going, well, why don't we? <laughs> and I heard a voice that was really a breath in the Holy Spirit come forward and say, I am the name of the physical realm. I am the name of the Lord of that realm. And it's the breath that it's on that first breath that the soul comes into the physical realm, into the physical body, and it's on the exhaled breath that the soul leaves the physical body and leaves the physical realm. And so in a sense that the name unspoken is the breath that we're ever breathing, ever breathing. So the name is very present within us at all times, and we're ever saying it as we breathe it, over and over and over. And it's the one name in that breath that we're breathing that ever keeps us focused here, keeps us aware here, and keeps our attention focused in the physical realm. So that's one reason why we don't have a name, a silent, unspoken name of God, of the physical realm, to initiate people with, because you are already awake here, you're doing what needs to be done here to clear your karmas, to handle this level, to free yourself at this level, and if you're walking the path of sound and light, you're also meditating in the physical form, in the physical realm, to begin to free yourself up at this level. And it's the process of going inside, drawing the attention of your consciousness, the soul element of your being, away from the physical and back to the seat of the soul that is the action of that living word made flesh in the world here now taking place within you that is part of the initiation process. So be aware that as you sit down and you begin to go inside in your meditation, the action of sitting down, closing your eyes, bringing your attention to the seat of the soul, and beginning to chant the five names of initiation, all has to do with the living name inside of you ever freeing you both of the physical realm and the realms above. But in truth, it's what you do here in the physical form with your physical consciousness while you're awake and attentive here that has to do with you freeing yourself of the karmas that you have incurred at the physical level. Where in your meditation state, you are working yourself free astrally, causally, mentally, etherically, and soul by chanting those names and walking through those realms and loving and, and holding the focus of loving when anything comes present in your meditation, just putting loving into that and letting it dissolve into the loving. In the physical world, you are also able to consciously focus and walk and do the physical life and be responsible here and that's how we clear a lot of our karmas at the physical level of doing life in loving, in forgiveness, in acceptance, with responsibility. 
And so oftentimes we talk a lot about the inner journey, the inner focus, about meditation, about going within. But tonight I want to talk a little bit further on what it is to live in this creation with our eyes open and to be walking around doing our daily routine and doing it as an initiate and allowing that same action that we are doing when we have our eyes closed and focused in meditation and bringing about that action of liberation for our soul inside in that meditation to bring it out into our daily living practice here in the world. And so tonight, I'm hoping Brian will share as well, but we'll both be sharing a little bit more about the process of living in the world, the tools by which to live, and how to hold a focus so that you begin to free yourself, even at this level, of those bonds that hold us here. One of the greatest things that hold us in bondage here is attachment. Attachment to the things of this creation, the things of this physical realm that we are so involved with. Whether it be other people, such as our relationships that we have with our family, with our friends, or with things in the world, such as our home, or our car, or our job, or our money, or anything that we find ourselves attached to. Those attachments constantly are drawing our focus, our awareness, our attention outside of ourselves, taking us away from our centeredness that is our divine spirit, and anchoring us more and more into the physical reality here. And so one of the key factors for me that I have found in my daily life has to pay attention to those places where I find myself getting attached to, whether it be a person, a place, a thing, whatever, and to do what I can not to attach to it, to love it, to honor it, to respect it, to enjoy it, to appreciate it, but not to attach to it in the sense of being in need, being in want. And oftentimes that's why attachments take place is because there's that part of us that is being empty and longing and wanting of something. And because we do not understand that action of that void, of that emptiness, we begin to look and see how to fill it. And we often will attach ourselves to things in the world hoping that that attachment to those things will somehow resolve this longing, this emptiness. We attach ourselves to people, hoping that somehow that attachment to them and hopefully their attachment to us will somehow resolve whatever that is that's taking place within us. We will attach ourselves to many different things in the world for many different reasons, but often it's because of our lack of understanding of who we are as soul, as divine, as spirit. And because we are focused down and out into this creation, we are ever looking for resolution, for fulfillment in this creation. But it's not in this creation that we find it. It's inside and in the realms of spirit that we truly find the fulfillment that we're longing for and are looking for. So for me, one of the greatest things I have found throughout my life is where am I focusing? Where am I holding my attention? What am I attaching myself to? And I found that it's been very important for me from childhood on to ever be focusing on God first, 
to be bringing my attention back to God, back to that centeredness where the loving resides with God, for God, to God, in that movement of God's loving. And I have found today even that for me, it is ever paying attention to where I am living in the moment. When I was a child, one of the teachers on the inner level said a very wise statement to me that I discovered the wisdom of early on, and I've lived that wisdom since then as much as I can. And that is, live one day at a time, one breath at a time. Now, what did I say earlier? That, in a sense, the initiatory name at this level would be the breath. And the key then just like in meditation, with the five names unspoken inside that you are given in initiation, is to hold your attention on those five names and to keep bringing your attention back to those names to go higher and higher. At this level, it's pay attention to the moment. Pay attention to the breath in the moment and live one day at a time, one breath at a time. So oftentimes when I find myself totally distracted in my meditation, and I'm not able to really relax the physical body enough to get into meditation and to really let go of the physical form, I will pay attention to my breathing. Now, I'm not promoting hatha yoga here. That's not what this is about. But it is a way of beginning to center yourself at a very physical level when the physical isn't willing to participate. So with your eyes closed, you can use that breath to pay attention to where that centeredness lies within you, to bring yourself present into the moment. And then by chanting the names on the breath, in the breath, with the breath, inside, not outside, you begin to go up higher and higher, and you let go eventually of focusing on your breath, of your breathing. Now I'm not saying in every meditation focus on your breathing first. Don't. That's not what this is about. But at the same time, that can be a tool when the physical is really overwhelming you, the body is really uncomfortable and not cooperating, to begin to center yourself at a very basic physical level so that you can focus higher. But during the day as well, when your eyes are open and you're doing your daily routine, one of the best things you can do is to every once in a while just stop and pay attention to the moment. And one way to do that is just to pay attention to your breathing. Don't make it a hard focus, but just pay attention to your breathing in and out, in and out. And as you do that, you'll find that centeredness with your eyes open. You'll find that stillness where that stillness of loving, that still small voice resides within your consciousness. It'll bring you centered. And then you'll be able to approach the remainder of the day from a different place than you might have otherwise. I found today that several times I was getting overwhelmed with things. There was so much to do, so much energy coming in from other realms and other people that I was just getting fractured in the moment. My energy was just dispersing. And I had to constantly keep bringing myself back to focus. And several times today, I began to focus on my breathing just paying attention to myself breathing in and out and relaxing into that action until I felt the centeredness and then immediately I came up to the seat of the soul and began to chant the names of God and release all that was coming on me, release all that was building within me, 
by just letting it go. Letting it go with the consciousness of the breath. Does that make sense? It's important that you understand this. I'm not promoting for you to focus on your breathing. I'm not promoting Hatha Yoga. But at the same time, I do want to begin to look and see how can we live a spiritual life while we're in the physical form with eyes open doing our daily routine. It would be great if we could sit all day in meditation and really wake up into God and know God and be in that peace and stillness and not have to deal with our daily life out in the outer world. But that's where our lessons are at this physical level is in the world. So it is important for us to also get up and go into the world and do the world participate in the world to learn the lessons, to grow, and to become a focused spiritual being here as well as on all levels of consciousness. So I want to look a little bit further in some of the ways by which we can begin to live this more as a conscious living effort. Because it is about being multidimensional in our living, being aware of who we are as divine, while our eyes are open and we're doing our daily routine. And oftentimes the daily routine is a good way to get lost in the world and to lose our centeredness and to lose sight of who we are as divine, who we are as soul. So I want to share a little bit about the process of life, the process of living life, and the tools by which maybe to live in this outer focus a little bit more. And I'm sure Brian has a lot to share in that as well. So for myself, one of the things that I have found that have often gotten in the way of me staying centered within myself and staying present with who I am as spirit is getting caught up in other people's problems, other people's challenges. And one thing I've learned, and I've actually heard it spoken several times inside over the years, not just recently, but over the years, is that people often ignore their own bundles or burdens that they are carrying and focus on others and do what they can to help others handle their burden while their own individual burden is left undone, unhandled. And so one thing I have learned is to look to myself first and to ever take care of what I can within myself, my own responsibilities, my own lessons, my own process of growth. And to not take on the other person's burden, but rather to assist them in coming into an understanding of what is going on in their life. And sometimes it's just be a good listener. And in being a good listener, I found, oftentimes as they share, they find their own solution. They come up with their own answer. And so in doing that at an early age, one of the things I have found that came forward that assisted me in that process was just to ask them, well, what do you think? What do you think is the answer? What do you think is the solution? And oftentimes they will look at me kind of like, I'm asking you that. That's why I'm asking you. I don't know. But in that moment they'll stop and then they'll come up with something and begin to pronounce for themselves their own solution to the question that they just asked, to the problem that they're trying to solve. So one thing that I have found for myself is not to focus on other people's challenges in life or problems in life or burdens, 
and try to resolve them, but rather to take care of my own, to be aware of my own and pay attention to them and to handle them as they come present. And in the learning of that, I then can assist others and how they might be able to do that for themselves, but realize that they have to do that for themselves. One of the things that you can do great harm in this world is taking somebody's lessons away from them by doing it for them. Let a person learn their lesson. Let them have the opportunity to learn and to grow and to move forward into the divine knowing of themselves through the lessons that they have created for themselves. For truly, everything that we have present in our life today, we created this for ourselves. These unlearned lessons that are present that we're cussing at and cursing at and complaining about and don't want to handle and avoid if we can, those are the things that are upon us so that our soul truly can grow and come into the divine knowing of itself. And they are upon us because we've avoided them before. We maybe have entered into them before by not avoiding them, but handled them in a way that didn't really resolve the situation, bring us into the learning. And so they are upon us again for our own learning. So allow everyone their own opportunity to learn their lesson. And sometimes that learning process is challenging, is hard, is difficult. I can remember dealing with an individual who one of their challenges in this lifetime was suicide. The desire, the want to commit suicide. And it came in from another lifetime that they had not handled this energy, this consciousness, this lesson well in another lifetime and they had committed suicide and the energy was upon them in this lifetime as well. It was running and running and running in them for years and years as a great challenge. And in this lifetime they gave into it once again. They did not learn from it and challenge themselves to get through it and learn to appreciate life and love life and turn to others to assist them in that process, but rather they repeated the pattern once again. There's nothing you can do but to allow a person to learn their lesson their way. And oftentimes it can take two, three, even four lifetimes for a lesson to be learned. And that's something that's rather challenging for us sitting here today to look at and go, what? You know, I can't learn it all in one lifetime. It may take four lifetimes to learn a lesson. But that's true. That's where the statement, the sins of the father shall be passed into the fourth generation comes from. It can take four lifetimes for us to learn a lesson and to grow beyond it and move on into what's next for us. And so it is to allow everyone the freedom to learn their lesson in their own timing and not try to force them to learn anything that they are not ready for. Do you want to share some things? Well, it's interesting getting in these areas because now we're going to deal with all the games of the world. Right. And even Jim, just hearing him say about if somebody's not ready, well, don't also think you know when they're ready or when they're not. Because <laughs> that's something we'll do. You know, I've heard so many people, including myself, talk about when we think somebody is ready for something or not. 
I've really learned over the last few years, especially, of really just to be more the observer, to participate, to be in loving assistance, to support them when they ask for the support, but not to push or try to make them do it the way that maybe I would think they should do it, but really to support them in finding the way that works best for them in whatever the timeline, however that unfolds. And I'll tell you, the wonderful thing that has happened as I've really done this more and more over the years is that I have gotten a greater freedom. My life has actually become easier by not trying to do things for people, but just loving them, accepting them, and supporting them right where they're at with whatever it is that they're going through. And I have found that if I can just be in that loving and hold that loving, that that loving that I create, this open door to let that flow through, that that loving is the greatest assister that I've ever experienced, more so than any words I could have ever say or anything I could have ever done for somebody. So I've really learned just to let that loving flow through because that's really the life force that everybody needs to really go complete what they've come here to complete, to experience and to learn and to grow. So I found if I can just open and let the love flow, that that is going to move them, inspire them, encourage them, and give them the energy and motivation to move forward now and handle their lives in a more responsible way. Because a lot of the times if life is really challenging and it feels like a real burden and we're overwhelmed, we'll feel the pressure and the weight of that. There's a tendency for the consciousness to get tired and so we'll want to sleep or to avoid or run around and skirt around the issue or whatever that is in life. A lot of it for me, for example, you've probably heard my story maybe several times of how many years it took me to really finally get a full-time job to take care of myself. I'd always do a little bit here, a little bit there, part-time jobs. What do I want to do when I grow up? And so a lot of it was exploration for me. I didn't even really fully realize that I was really in a sense avoiding my responsibility of taking care of myself in a greater way. I always thought I was chasing after a dream to manifest my dreams, to make this happen the way I wanted it to. But the funny thing was, the dreams that I thought I wanted, I could never make happen. They never manifested. For years and years, this took place. It's almost like one thing failed after another. But I kept trying or working or pushing, and it just kept getting worse. And of course, as it gets worse, it's kind of like, okay, so what is my world reflecting to me? It's called wake up and pay attention. If it's not working, begin to search and look for a different way of doing it. And so then as I began to search and be more active in my searching, well, if this isn't working, then that began to open the doors. And it's through my action steps, that's the other key, is taking action. If it's a physical experience to be had, as Jim was saying, the physical karmas we've come into experience, then that takes a physical action. And so I found that as I could move forward with physical actions, even if I was really tired, because that energy of trying to avoid or the overwhelming burden or responsibility, that if I found even if I took little steps, even the little physical steps, I helped find to open the energy fields within me. And each time I did a little more, all of a sudden it would open more and I'd have more energy, more energy, more energy, where eventually I was able to start doing a lot more physically. So I found in even the little steps and being patient with myself as I began to move forward in new ways, then the doors began to open inwardly. And then even physically in the outer reflection, all some things began to work for me in a way they hadn't before. And in a simple practical way it was for me, then all of a sudden that full-time job that was right for me to now step forward in a greater way than I ever had before, it just showed up. It was there because it was time and I was ready and I was committed to really stepping forward now 
in doing that which I had avoided for so long. And then in the doing with it, it just opened the door spiritually, and of course, through that action came the karmic freedom. It just opened more doors now to take the next physical action as what I'm doing right now, but at the same time, because those karmas that I was avoiding, now I've completed. I've gone in, I've had the experience, and then the experience is the learning and the fulfilling of those karmas. And so that's something I always talk about and share with people, is always participate in your life, do your life, participate in relationships, participate at work, whatever it is you're doing, do it. Don't avoid it, don't run from it, and don't fight with it. Don't go in there and fight to get your way. Go in there to move with loving. And this is where the inner and the outer, you can really tie the two together. As you move through your physical life, begin to open inwardly, allowing those names of God to live in you and through you. And as you move forward in that loving, that's where you'll see what I like to call the magic, where all of a sudden the doors just open, even physically, all these coincidences happen to just open up and all the synchronicity of life just all comes together and there's an alignment. One thing, boom, 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 the next, and all these wonderful things start to open. Those are the experiences I think we've maybe each had and we all hope to have all the time because it's so wonderful when it happens. To me, when it happens, that's when we're really fully inwardly aligned and then moving physically on that energy as we go into our physical life. So pay attention to what's going on inside as you're doing your life physically, day to day, moment to moment. And at any time you experience inside of yourself a backup or a stop or a block of the flow of that loving, do the technique like Jim was just saying. Allow yourself to get centered. Find your way into that center and then back up to the seat of the soul. And once you're there and that door is open, the loving is just flowing again. And you'll know if you pay attention that loving will prompt you to now physically get up and go do once again when it's time to physically get up and go do. And so if you follow that movement of loving as it moves within you and go do your physical life in that flow, that's when the magic starts to happen. And you'll see the little daily miracles just in the most common, everyday, ordinary experiences when you're really living in that flow. And you can also be open and experience the greater things that we call miracles where there's big drastic changes in the physical life because we are open to that and we allow that to be expressed and experienced in us and through us. So just pay attention. That's really the key, is really paying attention inwardly up here. Be aware of what's going on inside of yourself. Be aware of what's going on outside of yourself. When you allow your awareness to fully expand and incorporate all that has taken place, inwardly and outwardly, there's the oneness. And if you really allow that oneness to live within you, you will be living in that flow of loving. And then you'll find yourself just easily and gracefully being able to move through this world as a river of loving flows through you. You'll just flow with it even through this physical reflection. And in that, you'll begin to find ways to maneuver in and through maybe different relationships where you are challenged different obstacles, maybe at work, different things going on with family or friends, whatever it may be, you'll begin to see and find new ways to move forward now where you may have experienced a block or a struggle or you're fighting with something or you're avoiding something. So as you pay attention inwardly to that, just be aware that it may change big and instantly or maybe just gradual, little by little, but to allow the timing, whatever it is. The key is always just to always refocus yourself back to that inner opening to allow that spirit to come through.
That's truly all we have to do. We don't need to know the answer, like the information of how to do something perfectly. I have found that all I need to do is be open to the loving, and as long as the loving's present, it all gets handled, it all moves. So that's the key that I've really learned over the years to always go for is that movement of loving within yourself. Don't necessarily go for the information, but if you need the information, then it'll show up in the movement of the loving. That's the thing where we talk about keep your eyes on God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all else shall be added unto you. Because in that all-seeing, all-knowing, the information is there that is going to support you to even do your physical life. So do your physical life, but do it with an inner focus on God. And if you do that physically, believe me, it's going to be easier to get through the karmas that we have here. And another thing is the way we look at karma. Karma is not a bad thing. There's so much now out in the world that I've seen and experienced in so many different groups that people think karma is a negative. It's a negative of the world. It's the evil. It's the bad. It's not, people. People call it karma and dharma. Dharma is the good karma, and karma is what? The bad or negative karma. Karma is karma. It doesn't matter. Karma is simply unlearned lessons. You've heard us say here a lot. But the way to learn those lessons is to go have experience. And we have experience by physically doing and participating. So participate in life. And again, holding the focus is what we've just been talking about here in the loving. That's how you're going to dissolve the physical karmas. That's how you get free. That's how you get complete. A lot of times people call and ask, well, what should I do physically in certain situations? And I'll share with them, I'll always bring it back to that inner focus of opening to the loving. And then as I do that in the loving, I've had so many people now go, oh my God, you wouldn't believe what's happening in my life. This and this and this, I'm moving, I've got a new job, I've got a new relationship, this and that. Because they really now started to focus inwardly and upwards in the spirit. And as they did, it created all these openings within them, even through the physical, where now what they wanted physically could now begin to manifest in their lives because they had removed the blocks by really focusing on the loving and letting the loving dissolve the blocks that held them back from even experiencing what they wanted to experience physically. So if you really want something in this world, go up in the side in the spirit and get up in the loving and then let that loving now create the movement and the manifestation of it in the world. And believe me, if you do it in that way, you may get exactly what you want physically and it'll be wonderful, or you may get something completely different, but you'll love that even more than the other thing you thought you wanted because it came out of that movement of loving. So if you can really begin to look at your physical life and living it spiritually based in this flow of loving, it'll begin to open doors and you'll really begin to experience things in different and new ways in every way, from physical details to relationships to whatever that may be. And so living the fullness, as you live the loving, is where we can fulfill and complete all the karmas physically so we don't have to repeat. Just as Jim was saying, you mean it may take me four lifetimes to learn a lesson? Well, it may, but if you really live that fullness within, you may get it done in one because you are living the loving fully even into the physical level. And that loving lived fully, you can complete the lessons in one lifetime. But it's up to each of us how we choose and if we want to do that. You know, a lot of people I know, when I get initiated on this path, they think, oh good, I got initiated, I'm out of here, one lifetime I'm gone. 
Well, that's not necessarily so, people. I hate to say it, but it may be. If you really choose to live the initiation, if you really do the loving, then it will be one lifetime. But that's in your hands. But you won't really know until you choose to live in that. We know some people that want to take initiation, but they think, well, I don't want to go back in one lifetime. I don't want this to be my last. I actually am enjoying it here. I want to do more here. Well, it works that way also. As you live the loving, your life can be so much more joyful and more of a fun process here. And it doesn't necessarily mean if you do want to stay longer because you're enjoying it, that you're necessarily going to be done in one lifetime. You may be coming back several lifetimes, but being able to live in a great state of grace or even come in to assist others because of the joy that you hold in living that loving. There's a real freedom with that is what I'm trying to say here. So whether you want to get out this lifetime or you want to come back because you enjoy being here, it doesn't really matter. Just live the loving present right now. Step forward daily and you're going to experience the freedom and liberation in all your experiences that you're here to have physically and all the other levels. And then in that freedom and liberation, you'll be fine no matter where you're at, whether you're back again or whether this is your last lifetime. It won't even matter to you because you'll be living the liberation and you'll know the fullness of it. One of the other things that I've found for myself that's really been beneficial is change. It's one of the things I often resist the most is change. But at the same time, I found it to be the most beneficial things in my life. And I know one time I was a teenager and I was really stuck in a pattern. And if you've noticed your life in any way, shape, or form, you've probably noticed you have a pattern to things, how you do your life, it's routine, it's ritualistic, it's the same every day. And I was finding that I was kind of stuck in a routine, I was stuck in a pattern, and I wasn't able to be as creative and have the spiritual focus that I would want in my life. I kept complaining inside in my prayer to God as I was talking to God, I'd complain to God, I'd go, why is my life so boring? Why isn't it moving forward? Where did the spirit go? And all I would hear inside is, do something different. I'd go, do something different? What do I do different? You know, I've got my life. I've got to go to school. I've got this. I've got that. I can't do anything different. I'm kind of locked into this. But for day in, day in, day in, day in, every time I prayed, every time I talked to God, all I heard was, do something different. So one night I was praying, and I heard the voice that said, do something different. And I thought, Okay, the only thing I know I can do different right now is I'm going to do something different in my sleep. So I moved over to the other side of the bed. I always slept on one side of the bed, so I changed sides. I just went over and I slept on the other side of the bed, and I looked up the ceiling to God. I said, okay, I'm doing something different. Now make it change. (laughs) So I went to sleep that night, and when I woke up in the morning, I realized, oh, my God, I'm on the other side of the bed, and I remembered I decided to do that. And as I was getting up, I was looking at my room different. My whole perspective and the approach to my day was different than it had been. So I noticed as I went into the bathroom to begin getting ready for school, I started to pick up my toothbrush to brush my teeth, and I went, no, no, I want to do something different. So I put the toothbrush down, and I took my shower first, and then I came out and I brushed my teeth. So then when I went to get dressed, 
instead of putting my left sock on, my right sock on, and the left shoe, the right shoe, I did it the other way. And I began to just look and see these little things where I could do something different during the day. By the end of the day, I felt different. I felt different. And I realized two things. One, I was having to stay present and focused in the moment to continue doing things different. So I was focusing on the moment and taking care of whatever was present in the moment and doing it different. And two, by doing things different, the energy was moving differently inside of me. The flow was different. I began to approach life in that day a little bit differently. And by the end of the day, I felt different. I felt better. And I remember looking up in my prayer and going, okay, God, I'm doing something different, and I kind of like it. All I heard was, then do it different. And so I just kept doing things different. And so I laid down to go to bed that night on the other side of the bed, and I went, no, I'm going to do it different. And I laid on the other side of the bed that next day, and I kept switching back and forth every day, going back and forth. I kept changing my routine in the bathroom. As I was getting ready, I'd just go back and forth. And I wouldn't allow it to become boring and monotonous, the same routine and getting stuck in a pattern again. And I found in doing that, it made me come present. It made me pay attention to the moment, to what am I really doing? Where am I really focused? Am I doing things out of routine and habit? Or am I doing it out of choice? And it began to help me to make choices in my life in the moment different than I had been doing before. I thought I was making choices, but I wasn't. I was just doing the routine of the day, thinking I was making a change, thinking somehow things were going to change, even though I was doing it the same old way. But by making a choice and staying present to make those choices, my life began to change. And all of a sudden, spirit became more present, more alive in me because I was staying present in the moment where spirit is present. And I realized that I had gotten so caught up in the world and in the things of the world that were drawing me out as a teenager to get involved in that I was losing sight of my centeredness, of the spirit that I had always longed for, loved, been present in, whatever in the moment was present in that. I began to find that by making those choices and making those changes in my life and doing things different really kept me present and helped me to make a choice in every given moment to where God became more present in everything I was doing once again. And that's what we're all longing for, really, is to have God present in the moment. So by doing that, I was doing what Brian was talking about earlier. I was connecting back into that river of loving. I was choosing back into that audible live stream. I didn't have the names for it at that time because I didn't know about initiation. I didn't know about the unspoken name of God, but I did know about that river of loving. By doing things different, by staying present and making choices in the moment, and by being present in the moment of that river of love that was ever present and is ever present with us, I was able to do things more from that place of loving. And I found something very wonderful. And if you've ever heard me call on the light, say a prayer, oftentimes I will say, and let the light of the Holy Spirit go before me, clearing away any and all disturbances and distractions that I stay present and focused on you, O Lord, and only you. That has always been my prayer since I went through this experience with this process of making choices, of doing things different, of staying present in the moment, 
and being aware of that river of love that is ever right with us. And it's only up to us to ever focus and live into it. And it is by doing that that I found that truly the Holy Spirit then does go before us upon our path of life, clearing away any and all disturbances and distractions and helping us stay focused on God first. That's how I began to live it. That's how I began to be present and aware of it. But it's in the moment that you find it. And that moment is a very precious thing. The right now moment is so precious because that's where God dwells. It dwells within the second, between the seconds. It dwells between the breath. It dwells right here and now. And so if we can ever stay present with God in the moment, we then find that we're living in that river of love and our life begins to flow differently. And we make choices. And as we make choices, we begin to find those choices that really do lead us back into the loving. And we become aware of those choices that take us away from that loving. And then we begin to make the choices that serve us. There are choices that will take us away from the light and the loving, and there are choices that will bring us more into it. And it's only by making choices on a regular basis that we begin to be aware of which ones take us where. But oftentimes, we have gotten caught up in a routine, maybe that our parents taught us, maybe that we have developed for ourselves, or maybe that the world has put upon us. And we are just living the routine. And then we complain about our lives being routine. The same old thing over and over and over. When will it change? Why does it stay the same? Make a choice. Do something different. Choose to do it differently and see what happens. I believe you will find that that source of loving that you know to be the divine spark inside of you, that soul, will come present and will guide you, will lead you, will direct you, will walk with you in all that you do so that you begin to live more spiritually based and spiritually focused. And that spiritual base is a base of loving. And once you find that foundation inside and outside, where you can always stand on that loving, you will always choose back into it. No matter what is taking place in the world, in you or around you, you will choose back into that loving because that is your source. That is your base by which you can live present in the moment with God, is in the loving. And that foundation consists of loving and forgiveness and acceptance first with yourself and then with others. So even in your daily life as you go through the world with your eyes open and focused in doing the world, you move out with the awareness that I am going to live life loving, accepting, and forgiving, first of myself and then of others. As you stay present in that moment and keep choosing back into that moment of awareness of that action, you will begin to find that your life becomes simpler, easier, that the grace truly is present to assist you in those actions, and your life is no longer so complicated. Your life becomes free and easy and simple. And you begin to find that that freedom and that simplicity and that ease comes out of that river of loving, 
out of that living spirit that is divine in you, ever becoming more present and conscious in your daily life. No longer are you living out of the mind or the emotions or the body only, and you're not living in reaction from those places, but rather you're living more from that place of the loving source of your own being, which is your soul. And you're beginning to live more in action than in reaction. And you're beginning to make choices that are serving you and taking you where you want to be in your life rather than letting the world put things upon you and make choices for you. And so it's very important to realize that the inner focus of meditation is really the most important thing that you could ever do in your life. To sit down, to close your eyes, to hold your attention at the seat of the soul, and to begin to chant those names and wake up inside. Wake up, wake up, wake up, and know that you and the Lord are one. Wake up and know that you are divine. Wake up and know that you are the living, loving essence of the Lord. But also, wake up out here. Wake up. Because we often are living zombies. We have our eyes open, but we're just walking as zombies through the day doing the routine, doing the ritual, doing the same old thing, not paying attention, not being awake to our opportunities, to our choices, to our lessons, to our learning. And we are not paying attention to the moment. As a zombie, we walk around during the day, half asleep, half awake, maybe fully asleep, but still doing our routine and getting by. But as a living, loving spirit, waking up into the essence of loving that you are, you stay awake consciously during the day. Don't just wake up in your meditation to the other realms beyond this one. Wake up in this one. Stay awake in this one. Stay focused in this one. Stay attentive in this one. And make choices that really serve you in this walk of the divine. So that God lives in you and through you in all the levels all the realms, and truly you are multidimensional, and that multidimensional consciousness that you are is the divine living love that you are, that you're living in that river of love. That river of love is flowing every day, every moment, every breath. Whether we are conscious of it or not, whether we are initiated or not, it is right here with us. It is that source of life that keeps this body alive. It is that river of loving. It is the unspoken name, the sound and light, the audible life stream. It is that life stream that gives life to everything in all of creation. And it is that life stream that all came out of God into manifestation. And it is of that life stream that all is maintained in its action of creation and manifestation. And it is in that life stream that all this creation and manifestation shall one day return back to God from which it came. And that's what we are doing here. That which is the divine essence of God that came out of that audible life stream as soul divine that you are is now ready to return home. And it is on that audible life stream that we now can return home to God return home from which we came. 
So pay attention to that which gives us life physically as well as on all the other levels of consciousness and in our own soul is the audible life stream, that Holy Spirit, that unspoken name of God. And it is in that action that we also return home. So as we sit in meditation, we are connecting back into that and returning back from which we came. But in that action also, pay attention that in the physical reality with our eyes open, we want to begin to detach from those things that are holding us in bondage here. And one thing that holds us in bondage here is fear. Fear is an element that is of the creator of this creation, Calderingen. Calderingen has a great fear. And that fear is that all the souls are going to leave this creation. And when they do, there'll be nobody down here but Calderingen. And there will be nobody down here to look to Calderingen as the creator of this creation. And to honor that that is the Lord of this creation, and to love the Lord of this creation, and to pray to the Lord of this creation, and to ask of the Lord of this creation, and to bow down to the Lord of this creation, and to worship the Lord of this creation. That will not be here anymore. And he is very fearful of that day when all the souls do finally withdraw, and only Calder Engine remains here. And so what he has done is he has taken his own fear of that loss, of those souls, of that devotion, and has put it out into his creation so that the creation is fearful. Oftentimes, we move into places in our lives thinking that we're moving into loving, thinking we're moving into good deeds, thinking that we're doing good for others, but it's all based on fear. We're moving and acting and reacting in an action of fear, a movement of fear. Kalnarinjan isn't an aspect of loving of God. It is an aspect of reflection. And so in this creation, there is no river of loving that comes out of Kalnarinjan. The river that comes out of Kalnarinjan that holds this creation together, this action of reflection together, is a river of fear. It's a river of fearing. And when we attach ourselves to this creation and we look to the creation for our answers, we look into that river of fear thinking that there is a solution. But what does it do? It promotes fear in us. And that fear promotes separation in us. If we want to move back into the river of loving and move back into oneness and not live in fear and live in separation, then it is up to us to begin to identify these two rivers. The river of fear or the river of loving. And to begin to make a choice. Choose what river are you going to live in the flow of. Well, look around the world today. What is the river that the world is choosing to live in? Fear. I see fear everywhere I look. Every article of the newspaper, everything on TV 
is based on fear. So many movies, so many programs today are based on fear, promoting more fear in the consciousness. And what is it doing? It's creating separation in the world. We are not going to see in this creation a world of harmony, a world of peace, a world united. Because the creator of this creation can't survive in that and knows that if you find that here, you're going to begin to look into that which is peace, into that which is unity, into that which is loving, and realize it's not really in the world and go back to where it is, which is in the realms of spirit. So the creator of this creation has to promote fear, has to keep it alive and running in its creation and in you if you will choose into it. But in truth, you do not have a drop of fear inside of you as soul. Soul does not live in fear. It lives in the realm of loving in the soul realm. And it does not choose into fear. It is the mind that chooses into fear. The mind is of this creation. And the mind is going to choose into the river of this creation, which is fearing. So if you listen to the mind, you're going to choose into the fear. You're going to believe into the fear. You're going to live into the fear. And your life is going to be a life of separation. But if you begin to listen to the soul, begin to look to the soul, begin to hold in the divine flow that is the soul, you're going to choose into the river of loving. That river of loving washes clean anything that is of the river of fear inside of you that you might have taken on as yours. It just washes it clean. It quiets it down. It brings that fear to quiet. Fear cannot exist where loving resides. But fear runs rampant where loving isn't chosen. And that is something very profound to remember. If you're living in a state of fear, it is because you are not choosing to let love live in you and around you. And you are not choosing to be in the loving moment, choosing to live in that loving river, choosing to be an expression of loving in all that you do. Oftentimes when a person is approaching initiation, they will find that fear will really just come full force in their life and create fear in them about what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Where are you going? You know, the Lord of this creation does not want a soul to leave. And the process of initiation is the process of liberation from this creation. And so it will do everything it can to create fear and to stop us in our tracks. So it's up to us to ever find that way to walk through the fear and see where we go and where we end up by walking through it. And once you get initiated, you'll never have that experience again. <laughs> it was the opposite for me. I didn't have any fear of getting initiated. Later on, I got to face my fears. But again, when you face your fears and loving, they just dissolve. I mean, the Lord of this creation has been called by many names, quite often the tempter, the deceiver. You know, those different temptations or the teacher, 
to bring us our lessons so that we really choose into the loving or do we choose back into the fear? And that's just part of its work. One of the things I've learned to do also is don't even judge or even, like I say in the negative or bad karma earlier, this is to me saying falls in the same boat. Don't even look at these things even though they may feel or look horrible or sound horrible. That that's part of the test, if you will. That if you can stand in your loving and your fullness, that's how you get your liberation. I remember several years ago when I had probably the most horrible inner experience I've ever had in my life. It was the most horrible one, but at the very same time, it was one of the most profound, wonderful experiences because it got me to stand in the fullness of who I am as soul. And so I found that even the negative, most terrible things in this world, in everything below the soul realm, with Lucifer and everything Lucifer can do, is there to support me to stand in the soul of who I am. So after that experience, I've never had one like that ever again because I didn't need it anymore. I, I understand, I know now. I remember when I had that experience, I came back to the body after that, coming up all excited, guess what happened? The most horrible and the most wonderful thing just ever happened to me. And from that point forward, sure there's been little fears, but they're like little. There's never ever been anything like that since because now whenever things show up, I just love it all. I know it's all there actually supporting me. Literally, if you can think of like a tornado, and in the center of the tornado, what do they call it? The eye, where there's the calm. That's exactly what this experience was that I had. That tornado is like the world. But if we can get to the center, it's the calm. And so all this horrible, destroying, damaging, whatever tornado, the winds that can cause so much damage, but yet if we're in the middle of all that, there's just like the peace or the stillness. But in the middle is also a great strength because all that the strength of that wind around literally keeps the eye of the tornado, it gives it a strength, like a very solid pillar, if you will. And that pillar and spirit is who we are, a soul. So this world, truly this world, gets us to really stand and move into the very center of the eye of the tornado. And just like Jim was saying, do things differently and you might get a different perspective. That's why I like sharing some of these things, because if you can get a different perspective by hearing a different way of looking at it, then it opens a door by which you can now move into the experience for yourself to have that experience. I know it's true, and so I live it. But then that's part of my service here is to assist others to begin to wake up so that they have that experience, so that they live in the truth of who they are. And then the fear, the tornadoes, the devastations, whatever it is, you just see it's all part of the experience. But when you wake up into the truth, you see how it all serves you to actually assist you in waking up into the truth, into your own center of who you are. And then it's all good. It's all good. It's all God. God created Lucifer, gave him the authority to rule this world of reflection, and all that is here, the souls come into experience because it's all here to help through that experience for the soul to wake up to the true greater knowing of itself. So is it fear or loving that you're doing? Well, I'm doing a little bit of both. I turn on CNN, and I listen to about 10 or 15 minutes, and the fear starts creeping in and starts kind of grabbing around my throat. It's like choking, choking. <gasps> oh, God, it's coming to an end. Oh, my God, what is going to happen to me? I have to turn the TV off, and I have to choose back into the loving. I have to quiet myself 
center myself, focus myself, get myself back into the flow of that loving river, and everything that is a fear just comes quiet. It's washed away. I go out into the world, and I begin to listen to people talking about their fear about finances, their fear about their health, their fear about this or that, and the fear starts creeping in and tries to push aside the loving. And it's just ever for me to stay present. And what is taking place? What is taking place? And what am I choosing to hold my focus and attention on in the moment? And then I make a choice, the river of loving. I am going to choose under the audible life stream. I am going to chant the name of God inside of me. I am going to let it come alive inside of me. I am not going to choose into the fear. I'm going to choose into the loving. And I choose the loving. And the body consciousness, the physical, the emotional, and the mental consciousness, it knows fear. It understands fear. And it responds to fear. That animalistic nature in us responds to fear and is ever-present and looking for fear. Have you ever watched a wild animal? We do. We watch deer all the time in our yard. And that animal instinctual nature of fight or flight is very present in them, just as it is in us, our animalistic nature, the physical consciousness. And as they're standing there eating the corn, there's that other part of them that is ever paying attention, listening to every sound out there, fearful. What's coming? What's that? What's, what's going on? Am I okay? Am I safe? And then when they feel safe, they take a bite, and then they're looking around again, listening. And you can see their ears moving and paying attention in all different directions. And then they look to whatever sound seems to be the one of concern. Well, that's what the animal nature in us does. That part of us that lives as the animal in the physical, emotional, mental part of ourselves, that fight or flight aspect, is ever paying attention. Oh my God, where's the danger? What's going to happen? And it lives in fear. It lives in attention to and in that fear. Do I run? Do I fight? Do I run? Do I fight? Which is it? And that's what we are caught up in if we're ever focused more in our physical selves. But if we realize that we have another aspect of ourselves, our true self, that divine soul that we are, then we can live life differently. And then we're ever making choices. Fight or flight or loving? Fear or loving? What am I choosing? And it's a constant choice with every moment, with every day. And it doesn't end until you take the last breath and you leave this physical body. And if you've done your inner work and you've done your meditation and you've let the name of God come alive in you, at that last breath, you leave this physical creation, not just the physical body or the physical realm. You leave this creation and go back home into the realms of spirit and merge back into that ocean of love and mercy and unite back into that river of loving, that ocean and that wave action of loving that is you in God. And you no longer have to deal with that element of fear. But until you take that last breath, and you are in this physical body, you are in the land of reflection. You are in the land of the shadows. You are in the valley of the shadows. But fear not, for the Lord is with you. 
and that is the audible life stream. Look to that audible life stream. Listen to it. Merge into it. And let that be from which you live. Live in the loving, not in the river of fearing. Live in the river of loving. And your life each day will be one of harmony, of greater peace and joy, of gratitude, of acceptance, of forgiveness and loving. It's your choice. It's your choice. So pay attention tonight as you go home. Pay attention to tomorrow, to the choices that are available to you. And maybe make one choice tonight. And if you can, sleep on the other side of the bed and wake up in the morning and look at a new room. Oh, my God. I used to wake up and always wake up looking at this wall, looking at a painting on the wall, looking at the door to my closet. And then one day I woke up on the other side of the room and there was a window. And, oh, my God, I could see outside and it was sunlight. And my life seemed a little bit different because I was looking at something different. Now, the one challenge I know that there is is there's a routine called driving. Well, you can't sit on the other side of the car and drive that I know of unless you live in England. <laughs> so I haven't driven in England. I've driven in South Africa, and I have driven on the other side. And for me, being left-handed, I liked it. And I wouldn't mind if it was that way here, but it would still take a lot for me to learn how to do that here. But it's fun to do things different. But do it in a safe way. If you're cutting up carrots, don't decide to cut it up with the other hand, using a knife with the other hand. If you're right-handed, cut them up with the right hand. Don't take too many risks in this idea of choice. Take healthy risk. Make healthy choices. I say that because I decided to do it different. And I cut myself pretty good. <laughs> it's funny how you hold carrots and you cut with your hand that you're used to cutting with, well, you don't hold carrots the same way. It just doesn't feel right. And all of a sudden you find yourself over here cutting and you're cutting yourself. <laughs> At least that's what happened for me. So make wise choices. <laughs> Think before you do. Be aware of your actions so that you don't hurt yourself in the change of things. But do make choices. Do make changes. Don't do things just out of the routine. And be aware, are you living more in the animalistic and the physical nature? Or are you choosing to live more from the spirit of who you are, the divine, the soul, that essence that is the loving of God in you and you loving in God? That's the choice. <laughs>